He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. How are you, sir, coming off of uh, another 1-0 weekend? I'm doing pretty darn good. Does the way in which you win, does the way, does the margin by which you win, does it affect anything of the, the week that follows a win? No. Or they're all, or they're all the same? They're all the same. Win because uh, Kamar Jordan drops one in the end zone, not forcing overtime, or Boris Bidet misses a convert versus just whacking a good football team. Everything's the same for the day after and the week that follows. Yeah, you once again, I've I've said it on this in this forum before. You you know you've got a consistent process which should lead to consistent prep and therefore consistent play. You hope that's the idea. So. Um, I've been on teams where you know you 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 sprinted for penalties post game, or you got extra days for a win, or you had to practice more if you lost. I, I just I don't know. I think we've. I, I would imagine most coaching staffs have morphed into the idea that you just keep it consistent. Did that kind of stuff? Did it make sense to you at the time, and you've evolved, or did it never make sense? I, I to never you? even thought about it. Oh, I okay. Just did what they told me to do. You know, like I didn't, it didn't, I didn't spend much time thinking about it. I just <laughs> <Yeah>. did it. <laughs> You're too busy running gassers to sure. think, I suspect. Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, I asked you this after probably about week four or, or week five. Uh, you guys at the time were, were four and oh, but there were, I think fans before the BC game had some questions. Now at 12 and one, how do you think you've progressed? Where do you believe you are through 13 games? Um, still improving. You know, are you are, are you satisfied with where you are through thirteen games? Or well, the 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 record is pretty darn good. But are, we're, you're never satisfied, right? You're asking a coach if he's ever, if he's satisfied. The answer from every coach would be no, right? Like there are things that we can be better at, and hopefully, if we improve on these things. Um, on a weekly basis, you know, the games will feel better and better for us. So there's still work to be done. There, There's always work to be done once you stop. When you don't believe that, you're you're done. Yeah. yeah. Michael in San Antonio is on the text line. He just texts in, touchdown, 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 field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, punt, touchdown, enough said. When you use up all of the first quarter and allow them two offensive plays uh, and you're up 14 nothing by the second time they get the ball, I'm assuming everybody felt okay with what was happening at that time, I'll say understatingly. Well, it is an interesting first quarter. It goes by very quickly. Um, you, you know, it's hard to, you know, I'm not charting every single play they have. So you don't know that they only had two, but you kind of do. You're like, wow, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's a lot of Zach. That's and a lot you, of those guys. You know, you don't even think about the fact that you hadn't punted until the end of the game. You just the game's just going right. But um, I think 14 points is a good quarter, but I don't know that 14 points in the CFL is, is ever anything that you go, oh yeah, all right, we're good. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't work that way in the yeah. CFL. It's it was the uh, the maximum on the first four drives twenty eight by the halftime and uh, rolled on to a fifty four ten win. Your text your calls two zero four seven zero sixty eight sixty eight. The caller on line one it says Kubi Kid is that is am I talking to Kubi Kid? That's your buddy there, Derek Taylor. How you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you, sir? Good. I just want to say a few quick points. I want to thank Coach O'Shea 
and the entire coaching staff for putting on such an awesome product. The management uh, augmented by the Bomber uh, office people, the Bomber store, the volunteers. Uh, and secondly, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention special kudos go out to Danny McManus and his colleagues scouting for us and the bird dogs working for them. My God. Uh, Coach, I'd like you to extol the virtues of them after my next point. And my last point is I want to give a belated happy birthday to the Blue Bomber number one lady in the office, Carol Barrett. Yes, Carol's birthday is today, in fact. I, uh, I ran into her at, uh, they celebrated her on Saturday. She said, oh, actually, my birthday's on Monday. So, Carol, happy birthday if you are, in fact, listening. Uh, Coach, uh, the Kubi kid wants to know about Danny McManus and Ted Govai and the, the scouting staff that, that yeah, finds you, guys. Yeah, you definitely have to mention Ted there, too. They Those two guys are tireless workers. They're come NFL training camps. They are on the road, I don't know, probably 40 days straight, <laughs> you know, just going from camp to camp to camp to camp. Um, you know, making notes on every guy that they think we we got a shot at, and then uh, Ted also does the Canadian draft, and Danny's down in the states still doing bowl games and all sorts of college stuff too. So uh, they are they are busy, and they do find us guys, as evidenced by our, our depth. Really, they they do a, they do an absolutely great job. And yes, happy birthday to Carol Barrett and Kubi. Thanks for the call, buddy. Love you, buddy. Keep going. Uh, Kubi, thanks for your call. The the one thing this season kind of makes me believe is there is, and I, mean, I don't say this because you're in the room, it appears there's incredible synergy from the talent acquisition side to the talent deployment side, from the people who find them to the people who then put them on the field because you're, you're, you've started now three guys at weak side linebacker, three different guys at safety, uh, a, a couple of guys in Dembski's spot. Greg Ellingson's missed multiple games, and yet you still win football games. It seems like everybody is on the same page. Yeah, and when you say everybody, there's not a lot of us. Right? <laughs> it's not like we, it's not the staff that you would see down in other leagues. But I'll, I'll tell you, the, the, the guys we bring in are the right type of guys. They, they fit and they get it very quickly and they work extremely hard. The coaching staff does an unbelievable job. They really yeah. do. They get these guys ready and, you know, they know exactly when they're ready to step in. They know exactly what they can do to help us win football games. Um, they spend way more time, you know, they spend all their time considering what a guy can do for us. And they really don't spend much time saying, well, he can't do this or can't do that. They're always looking for ways to get guys um, in and, and productive and, you know, provide them put them in positions to be successful, which is really what a coach's job is. In this game, Brendan O'Leary-Orange, who's recently off the injured list, comes into the game when Drew gets hurt, five targets, two catches, 33 yards, had one touchdown and almost a second one, and yet another another piece of evidence of, yes, the the guys who don't, who aren't the, on the first, out there for the first snap, I'm trying not to say starters, uh, the guys who aren't <laughs> out there for the first snap are just as ready to go. Uh, Steve is ready to go as well. Steve, thanks for your call. Your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Two Grey Cups in a row is beyond amazing, especially after a 30 or 29-year wait or whatever it was. Beyond amazing. Three Grey Cups in a row is kind of like a dynasty thing. Okay, so this is my question. (laughs) I was talking to my buddy Jay about this. 
coach, and you're probably not going to want to answer this, but so again, three great cups in a row means you're a dynasty. So once you quench first place, who do you rest or how often do you rest players? Or is that not even on the top of your mind yet? Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton's defense, uh, I know they've had a bit of a rough patch offensively, um, but Hamilton's defense is extremely difficult. They pose a, a great challenge for us. So, uh, you know, all yesterday and today, everybody worked on, all the offensive guys are working on ways to get plays going against Hamilton. So defense has done the same thing, you know, trying to figure out which quarterback's going to play and how do you defend each one. Um, but other than that, we don't think much past, you know, today. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. As we go to break, to to Steve's point for you listening, uh, a Bombers win this week combined with a Lions loss, and if the Lions were to lose again, the Bombers, by the time they play Saskatchewan in uh, Week 16, could have clinched first place in the West Division and the the uh, West Finals. So uh, to Steve's point, it's uh, – there's a potential for options when, uh, whenever those weeks roll up upon us. Carl and Dave are both on the text line, and I think they're – I feel like this is what Doug and I were – we were on slightly different sides of what happened in the, uh, in the Banjo Bowl game. Dave says, with all due respect, I don't think it was a level playing field when 15 of the Saskatchewan players were afraid of <laughs> crapping their pants. Uh, Carl says, Saskatchewan players being sick is no excuse. Nobody felt sorry for you. I feel like that's. I feel like both of them are valid arguments, Coach. As you reviewed it, how affected do you think the riders were by food poisoning, and how affected are you by not having your microphone on? My bad. <laughs> no problem. Um. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't know if it was food poisoning. You heard it was a virus. Um. So whatever. They're not well. I. Th- hey, they they got to take the field. We got to play them. Um, I guess if it was a, a more competitive game, uh, it's probably better for the CFL. I, you know, I don't know if Winnipeg fans really care. They want to see us win. Um, I don't. I don't put a lot of thought into it. Really, I know this. When I played, some of the better games you play are when you don't think you can. Mm-hmm. You know, you're sick and you got it out. And you don't really remember much of the game. Then you put on the film and you're like, huh. You know, you managed to do pretty well. And I, I don't know why that is, but I think you'll find that a, a, a common story from a lot of athletes that they just, you know, they probably, their focus, you know, improved because they knew they had to, right? They didn't waste a lot of energy and waste a lot of thought on things that were irrelevant. They stayed pretty focused because they knew they had to be or else it wasn't going to turn out good. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like... Hey, it's it's too bad, you know. It's too bad for their team. We wouldn't like it if if it happened to us. But you just have to figure out a way to get the game played, right? Will you use the, when you approach the game on September thirtieth? Will you use the film from this game any more or any less than any other game? Won't change a thing. Okay, so you'll treat it just like it's won't, won't change a thing. Yeah, they yeah. were they were to uh, to Dave's point. They were without some critically important players and. And Dave, I'm with you. What was a two point game the week before becomes a 34 point game. It's more than to me home field position. There was one of their linemen couldn't make it through. Guys were apparently taking IVs before the game. Some hadn't eaten since whatever it was. It's uh, our, our offense was pretty hot. 
Their offense was fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the part as, as broadcasters, you want to give the appropriate amount of credit and football players don't like excuses. Football coaches don't like excuses. But as I try to look at the game and then try to predict it going forward, I go, well, this was suboptimal in this moment. And if we can identify this, I would always, and I'll always get yelled at by my Hall of Fame or 10-year CFL co-workers because they're like, no, no, if you're on the field, you're 100%. I get that, but I've been incontinent at times too, and I didn't, uh, I didn't feel it uh, at my best. 204-780-6868. Calvin is with us on the phone line. <laughs> Calvin, uh, thanks for your call. Your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Hi, Coach. How you doing? Uh, question for you. You got some um, veteran players here that were injured before. Uh, when they come back, are you going to play them a little bit more so they can get back into the game um, as far as the uh, um, um, the the quickness of the game and everything else there so they're ready for the playoffs? Interesting. Well, I think you if if they're deemed healthy, then they come in and play, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I think also it's like a case by case basis. So, it probably depends more on the position they're playing, um, okay. and maybe the injury that they're recovering from. But once again, if they're stepping on our field, then then it's not a rehab stint while they're dressed for a competitive football game because. It's a contact sport, and it's um, yeah. I understand. Obviously, that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a physical, tough sport played by men that enjoy physicality and being tough. So, I don't think we do it that way, right? So, I, I don't. We'll see. I don't. I don't. I don't see it quite that way. But each player is a little different. Would you rest players because you've already secured a, a, a playoff spot, yeah, or would you just let them do whatever they want to do? We got a lot of football left to play. Oh, yeah, I know I'm you. Not do, even thinking but... about that stuff right now. So, <laughs> sorry, coach. No problem. <laughs> That's all good, Calvin. Thank you for your call. We appreciate you being with us. righty. I feel like everything is on the table. Resting, playing, going through, winning, clinching, everything's on the table at this point. You do it all. You're open-minded. From the text line, hey, Coach, thanks for everything you've done in the city for building a great, tough team. Could you update us on injuries to Drew Wolitarski and Greg Ellingson? No, and Greg Ellingson, no. Greg Ellingson remains on the six-game injured list as of last game. Wolitarski, of course, uh, left this game uh, and did not return Noah Hallett left the game as well, and there was a third one that I wrote down. Uh, Nick Taylor, Nick Taylor yeah. came off, and Nick looked uh, upset with with being injured. As uh, I imagine, when you're when you're rolling and when you're twelve and one, I imagine you want to get every snap you possibly can. We will, of course, update you uh, as best we can. You can follow me on Twitter at dt on ob when practice kicks back in. Tomorrow, Ray from Minidosa says, I'm hoping we play the Rough Riders in Regina for the Grey Cup. The crossover would take a bit longer and give them more time to learn the rules. Oh, oh boy. We're picking on teams for 14 penalties. Um, yeah, once once again, uh, another game in which you guys turn the ball over less and have fewer penalties. And I feel like that's that's probably pretty satisfying. Well, you, you got to play clean football. Um Certainly, when you get against teams like Calgary and BC, that they, you know, they're very clean football. They play the game. 
the right way, very clean. Uh, they don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't make a lot of exec- uh, you know assignment errors. They don't make. They don't turn the ball over. They don't take a lot of penalties. So uh, I don't think it's one of those things that you can switch on and off. You got to work to be clean all the time. We were plus four, like you said. We didn't give the ball away. Um, we took five penalties for basically sixty yards, and you know that was it's pretty good. I'd like to not have that many penalties. I think we control some of those pre-snap ones but they happen it's football have you had a zero penalty game i don't i don't know not that it doesn't immediately pop to mind yeah and it wouldn't it wouldn't be one of those things that i i would kind of tack that up on the wall like no, you, had, yeah. you guys had the one a couple of games ago it was one accepted penalty and i thought oh that's that's right there i all right we, there, we there's always more things. there's always more they missed i mean we show penalties True. to our guys you know that commit fouls that just didn't get called we need to correct those too. We're not saying, "Hey, you got away with it." Aha! You know, you're <laughs> you want them to be better. Yeah, uh, Len is with us. Uh, let's squeeze in Len before we go to break. Uh, Len, you're with us on the coach's show. Your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, yeah. Do you know when you're going to get any any answers on the injury list? I mean, are, me, are they being examined by uh, the by the doctors? And when will you get a report? I get reports all the time. I just choose not to share them. <laughs> That's the honest truth. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna not tell you the truth. I, no. I have all the reports. I just, you know, it's. Um, we take it very seriously, and a lot of it's personal. You know, these. Of course. There's not. A, there's not a real reason why we would be, um, issuing injury updates as or you know, the minute we get them. It's, you know, you need to um, respect the players' privacy too. Yeah, I understand. I was just kind of thinking: is it like, is it will they be back this year? That's what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Okay, congratulations, by the way, too. Thank uh, you, Derek. Did you, uh, Derek? Did you uh, burn your Saskatchewan uh, shirt? Your jersey? Oh, the, none of those made it across the border with me. Honestly, they're all at the Value Village in Regina. Let's not kid ourselves. Okay. <laughs> okay last question, your coach. We're having trouble when. Uh, we kick the ball to them, whatever, even if it's a third down punt or on a kickoff. The other teams are getting good yardage coming back on us because we did have one come back for a touchdown, eh? Yeah, that's, that's the first one this year. I think that's the, that's the first one in a, in a long time. I don't I can't oh, remember yeah. another yeah, yeah. team scoring on us. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's, there's always reasons why plays work against us um, or why we make a play on special teams, and it's always looked at and always corrected very diligently. Okay, I, I expected the answer. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Len. Appreciate it with you. We got to hit the break, but appreciate you calling in. Bye. Uh, G man who goes on Twitter at ba underscore split uh, says, "Ask the coach if there are some plays that he'll have Zach and Dakota, or they'll have Zach and Dakota on the field together." Where is he calling from? Hamilton? Where is he texting from? Hamilton? <laughs> I, do, I do not believe G. Oh, Winnipeg, Manitoba oh, there is we his go. location. Okay, yeah. Well, this is, I, Derek, people do listen across the country. I don't know if you know this, but I'm sure people are listening somewhere I, else. I had, I've had players reach out to me going, uh, hey, you asked really good questions in, in press conferences because I'm scouting your, the, the team for the coming week. And oh. hearing this guy talk about it in this way there makes go. me go, oh, this is what I'm going to do. I think you'll have to. You have to buy a ticket and come down and see if we get Dakota and and Zach on the field at the same time. Uh, we have seen it at least one time that I can think. Uh, 
Dakota Prukop is he's really effective oh, in the role excellent. that you've cast him in. He's excellent. He he just lobs his body into the end zone on that touchdown, getting to the edge. He seemed I don't know that he's missed a quarterback sneak. I was thinking on the way in, I haven't charted it, but I don't think he's missed converting one. Yeah. He's he's solid. The the O line does a great job in front of him. There's some serious dents this past game. I think we had uh, Buck was saying we had ten um second and one to threes in the game. So, uh, you know, big dent by the O-line, great push by by Dakota. And, I mean, he is very crafty too, can run, can fly, made a guy miss in the open field, took off. Um, yeah, he's he's excellent. Very studious. Like he spends a lot of time studying not just, you know, the, the game plan, but mm-hmm. then he goes back in and he's looking at the short heritage. That's his deal, right? He's... He's always working. Yeah, which is it's awesome to see. He's those guys. That's a great room. They're always working. Years ago, I had a I had what turned to be about a ten minute conversation with Cody Fajardo. Was he he used to be before Sask in nineteen. He was the quarterback sneak guy for his career, and the, I, I I couldn't believe the depth that he went into when he talked about it. I'm like. I just thought you guys plowed the ball straight ahead, but he's got strategies, and we do this, and we're looking for this. It was there. There, there are no stones unturned in football, are there? When there's 24 dudes out there, I mean, the game has evolved. It, it really, is, ha- yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not the same game that was played. I mean, it, you're still playing for the, which is really cool. You're still playing for the same outcomes. You know, you want, <laughs> we want the same thing that guys wanted 110 years ago or 109 years ago which is fantastic. Derek is on the text line. says, after watching the NFL this weekend, I wonder how spiking the ball to clock it is not intentional grounding. Uh, because they say it's not. Done in a specific way, they say it's not intentional grounding. He says, we rarely see it in the CFL. Is it is spiking the ball legal in the Canadian Football League? Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen it. Yeah, I think you could probably do it. I don't... I feel like I've seen Cornelius do it this year. Yeah, where he just, I he, think our... Because our clock is different, I haven't really given it that much thought. But my first, at first glance, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I imagine you might be able to do it. Yeah, yeah. There, there are clock rules in the Canadian Football League that make it less advantageous. Despite in the NFL, the second the play's over, the forty-second clock starts. starts boom. Yeah. Uh, here, they have the foot. The official has to reset the ball, spot the ball, and they have to whistle the play in. Right. So. Yeah, a, a good offense can be on it and snap it, losing two seconds. Where in the NFL, you lose at least ten, whatever. It yeah, might be. you don't have to. You don't see if there's one second on the clock, or you know, let's call it even seven second, whatever the time limit is in the NFL. But let's just go simply one second on the clock. You can not meander, but you can get your field goal unit on the field, line up, and kick a field goal with one second on the clock. In the NFL, if there's one second on the clock, you can't get your field goal team in unless you have a timeout. Yep. Right. You know, you have to get save a timeout for that field goal kick. Otherwise, you're racing in. I don't know what their time limit would be. It's probably closer to 11 seconds that they would need to, depending on where they are on the field, how far they have to run. But So I, I don't know about the spiking the ball thing. Like I said, I haven't given it uh, as much thought. Yeah, Derek, I, I, I'm certain I've seen it this season. It just, for uh, for various reasons, it wouldn't be a, a, as common up here. Gary is with us on the phone line. Gary, thanks for being with us. Your question for the coach, Mike O'Shea. Yes, first of all, Mike, great game on Saturday. That was a lot of fun. I have a question. 
down in, on the south end, at about the 20-yard line on the west side, it looked like O'Leary Orange had made a catch inbounds, and the defender was grabbing the ball and was fighting him for it, and they went out of bounds, and it was called an incomplete catch, although O'Leary had it the whole time. Uh, what what happens on those? Um, well, I, could, I can challenge that. Um, I'm not sure at what point in the game it was. I'd use both challenges, so um, even though you win them, you can't. You don't have another one after you use two. Um, that one, actually, when I looked at the replay, you can see it sort of squirting out uh, underneath his right elbow, oh, and then okay. he's sort of rejigging it, and the defender's pulling at it. You have to be, you have to survive. Contact from the opposition and contact with the ground. So even if his feet are in bounds and he's, I think his his body yeah. landed out of bounds and the ball pops out, that would be okay. considered incomplete. I understand what it looked like. It looked like he landed, had possession and control, and then mm-hmm. a moment of time goes by and it gets ripped out. I, I just it's one of those ones that I don't okay. know that you're going to so win the challenge was, anyway, so and I, it was so it already loose. A little bit. Then. It was slightly out underneath his right elbow. Yep. Okay, I I've got that game on tape, and I looked at it, and I wasn't able to see it on tape. But uh, CNN didn't give us a very or TSN didn't give us a very good shot on that. Uh, okay, well, thanks. That explains that call for me. Uh, appreciate no that. Thank you, Gary. And good luck in Hamilton. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for being with us, Gary. 204-780-6868. You had a challenge, what was it, 10 minutes into the game. I I was like, oh, he's using a challenge. He must be 100%. Forgive me what the – I wrote down what the play was because there's a million things happening in the game. Oh, a first first quarter, 526 left, 10-yard pass from the 24 on first down, up 6-0. You throw the challenge flag, I went, oh, he's got to be 100% with – 50 minutes yeah, left in, I th- I in this game. I think the DB grabbed Wally, gave him a little tug when he broke. It was an in-breaking route or a slant or something like that. So I think he grabbed him, and, you know, Wally reaches out. He, Zach doesn't miss like that. Wally doesn't, you know, it's 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 a catch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it would have been a catch. And Wally said he tugged him, and then up in the booth they said they saw the jersey get tugged. So challenge it, sure. I don't know that the time, like, I, once again, I'm not sure that the time means that much on certain calls. Like you won't challenge a spot then maybe, or, you know, you don't challenge certain, probably things that you know are really hard to win when you think you can win. Like when you believe you will win the challenge, then I, then you should challenge it probably. You know, I think we were going to – was it first down or was it uh, – It was first and 10 first from your down. 20 yeah. – uh, but, but, but pass, pass from the 24-yard line. So we went to the 34 then and – Yeah. 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 You're like, ooh, you're, the stats are coming out now momentarily. You're, it's working. I can see the smoke coming out. Yeah. No, it just – a criminal trial is I need to con- I need to convince law and order taught me this. It's all 12 jurors, but in a civil trial, I only need so, so much evidence. At, to me, in that point, if if you – and the game didn't turn out to be close, but there's, the, I mean, the game before was a two point game that required a 55 yard field goal, so it was tight. I go, mm. if I if this was me deciding, I would think, well, this challenge, the future value of this challenge is potentially much greater than the current value of this challenge on a first and ten play when we convert second and longs 
as uh, I, the number doesn't occur to me off the top of my head, but as well as anybody in the CFL that's not you know the Nathan Rourke BC Lions, uh, I, I kind of go ooh the future value. All while acknowledging that there are no extra points for getting to the end of the game with your challenges intact. Future value I, is significantly higher, potentially. Yeah, I'm very sorry that I made you uncomfortable <laughs> during the game. And you, no, no. Uh, made your, well, your stomach turn. And- I take that back to, <laughs> to me, that's not a 55-45. I think I'm right. It's, it's, I know we're right on this one. Yeah, we said it, we were right. Like I be, and you were we in, believed we were right. Yeah. It looked, like, it looked that way from the field level. It was confirmed from... From our our booth, from the coaches up in the booth, Wally said he got held or grabbed, like he felt it. Yeah. So, yeah. If if they can see it up in the booth, which is not always the case, but if they can see it up in our booth, and they say, "Yep, jersey was tugged or whatever," he held him. Yeah. No problem. There's another coaching point in there, to, to my mind. Of I, I see players going, we need to challenge this, and I go, you know, you, you, you know, you have no point. You know, you weren't fouled. Why are you telling your coach to challenge this? Like, well, they don't I, know in that case because no player would say, "Hey, I want you to waste a challenge on this." No, no, but I'm so good that of course I was shoved if I didn't make this well, play. Yeah, and they, not talking about any specific player, right? But, but yeah, some of them you get to know who has a good sense of reality and who doesn't. <laughs> Um, Which so is another like to me to another support, good coaching point. You'd like to support all your players when they ask for a challenge. You'd like to do it, and at certain points in in this go around here in Winnipeg, there was times where I just threw the challenge flag because the player asked for it. But there's different reasons for that too. That's a that probably was at a point where a team needed that belief, right? So right. It's. And so you, so you'd you go learn fishing. more. Yep. You learn more, and not fishing. You're you're trusting your player. It's not fishing. It's okay. It, it's it's implicit trust, right? Like, yep, he said it. We're doing it. Um, helps them grow too, right? Helps the team understand how how we're wired, and helps the players grow too. Whether you win or lose the challenge, right? So um, this is not the case. This is it was evident on film that that there was a a hold, jersey tug, whatever, that we were going to – had a very good chance of winning that challenge. It's not 100% ever because you're dealing with uh, the human element in the command center too. Right. Zed here. I don't want to press you with an armchair general manager question. So what's your favorite family Sunday meal or whenever you would have a big family meal? What's your favorite Sunday meal, Coach O'Shea? Oh, I don't – yeah, I, I, I like food. <laughs> So it doesn't – yeah, I wouldn't say I have a specific favorite. Uh, my, my wife's a fantastic cook, so, um, you know, anything really she makes. I like it. I like it. Uh, Mike wants to know where you get the best burger in the city. Well, is it still burger week? I mean, there's been a lot of fantastic burgers put out there. I mean, I've tried a few myself, but yeah, I don't want to give anyone an edge over the other. They're all pretty tasty, unique you know, a lot of unique flavors being put together for for Le Burger Week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes or no, peanut butter on a burger? Uh, I would say for me personally, no. Okay. Peanut butter in general? Are you oh, anti? Uh, I mean, if people don't know, one of my favorite sort of morning, you know, on a day off is peanut butter and bacon on English muffin. Peanut butter and bacon. You got to try it. It's I, fantastic. Really? Oh, Delicious. In my younger days, I was like peanut butter and white onion. I don't know why, but I was. Peanut butter and bacon, okay. Yeah. 
I can respect that. Um, fried egg on a burger. Sure. Uh, eggs, eggs anywhere. Egg farmers, you guys are the best. Love eggs. <laughs> I, just virtually the perfect food. Uh, jalapenos. How are you? Sure. Love them. Pickles. Yep. The works. Mayonnaise. I'm, Mayo, I'm out on absolutely. mayonnaise. Not, just, just not green relish. Really? But dill pickle relish, absolutely. Sorry, what's the difference between? One's made with dill pickles and one's made with uh, non-preserved pickles, I guess, is what relish oh. is. I don't know. I've never really looked into relish. No, I just assume, I just assume yeah, it's sweet great. Sweet relish is bah. Interesting. Okay. I respect that. I respect that. Bob is with us on the text line. says, I was one of those at the pregame warm-up. Warm up. I noticed you greeting each player with a handshake, wishing them a good game, question mark? Uh, tell them they better get their butts in gear. Don't mess this up. That's usually what I say. No, of course. Yeah, just, yeah. It's just the thing I do, routine. Uh, Bob says, pretty impressive leadership coach. Uh, one of those, uh, one of those things. Do you have, do you have a defined routine in the pregame or are you just, I'm just, I'm just living? No, I follow a, a you know, a routine. Yeah. Changes depending on how long the opposition coach talks to the official, whether it's a home and away game. There's a little bit of differences there. But, yeah, I follow a a routine for sure. Like as defined as a practice routine, like we're blowing the whistle at 12.56 and I'm going. No, practices, there's more leeway. <laughs> there's yeah. more leeway in practices. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Rashid Bailey gets that. Did you see the Rashid Bailey photo that one of the, the Bombers photographers caught? Unbelievable. <laughs> That's so what, what you what you don't see, and I showed this to the guys. He switches hands with the ball as he's tiptoeing down the sideline, so to keep get it into his left hand, so he's closer to the cone. He dives. The picture you see, his arm is outstretched. Well, he's he starts to put it down. That might be after he's coming close to touching it down, which he would not have gotten to the the cone if he put his hand down. He would have been ruled out of bounds. So he pulls his hand back and around to the side of his body. Wow. So either a couple frames before or a couple frames after, his arm's in a different spot, and he's working to get his hand away from the ground so he can uh, tap the cone, the pylon. It was a phenomenal effort. It was fantastic. <laughs> Everything about because he just grazes the cone, which just makes it a touchdown. And we we raved about that play all the way through because as I was calling it, there was uh, I, yeah it the was, blockers, the blocking took hold, and it was it was a, it was a great job. It seemed like every receiver you've you've seen it certainly yeah. more than I have, but it seemed like every receiver was engaged and and walled yeah. a guy off and and made it. I mean, nobody scores touchdowns alone, but it really felt like that was. If there was a play that's going to go over well in the film review, it felt like it was going to be that one. Well, everybody's working hard, which is right. fantastic. And they, they see the benefit of helping each other out. I mean, they always they get that. It's a team sport. It's the best team sport, right? You're talking about 12 guys on the field having to do um, their job to even have a chance to execute a play, let alone the defense being involved and trying to stop you. It's it's Yeah, it's phenomenal. Saturday in the Hammer, uh, you mentioned their defense is pretty solid. W- what are the Hamilton Tiger Cats? They've got three wins currently, but w- what what are they? Way better than their record. Way better than their record. Yeah, absolutely. So they've run into a ton of injury problems. I, I don't know how many different O-line combinations they've used this year, but it's it's ongoing, right? It's nonstop, and that's obviously our foundation, right? So um, th- they've, they've been in tough in that regard. You certainly can't. You would never take them lightly. Not a Hamilton team. They've been to the past two great cups. We know how tough they are. They play a physical style of football. They get after it defensively. 
offensively, they, you know, even in some of their losses, Dane Evans is thrown for 350 yards and touchdowns and, you know, just they, they've turned the ball over a little bit. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, but they've had a, you know, a rash of injuries. They weren't not going to make excuses either, but they're a very good football team. Their defense is very hard to play against. Their special teams are good and their offense will find their groove when they get, uh, I'm sure guys healthy and, and have some continuity in certain spots. I don't know how much you want to talk about individual guys, but every time I'm charting out a Hamilton Tiger Cats game, Tunde Adelike is just, I just wowed it. He, he's in the right spot and making, making, he's moving very quickly to the right spot, it feels like. Yeah, he's a terrific athlete, a terrific football player. He's got great versatility. Um, you know, in that defensive backfield, he can do a lot of different things for them. So he's, he's really good. He's fun to watch. He, he really is. Uh, the game is Saturday. It is a four Eastern, so three o'clock start. We'll be on the pregame show at one o'clock. Yep. Happy birthday again to Carol Barrett, the queen of the bombers. She runs the show down there. She really does. <laughs> yes, Carol. Happy birthday. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for being with us on the Coaches Show on 680 CJLB.